my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Tyler Grant. Always a great time talking to Ty. Uh, and we had a lot to discuss, as always. We talked about the tendency uh, that uh, to try to fit everything, every news event, into a nice, tidy, little uh, red versus blue box, even if that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, we talked about the Ukraine war, where it's heading, and our government's obsession with prolonging it. Um, and a bunch more. I, I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Tyler, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Tyler Grant. Ty, how you been, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Getting it done. Big day. Absolutely. Dude, uh, for uh, for those who don't know, Tyler is in our uh, in the No Gimmicks podcast, Fantasy Football League. And, man, I thought I had a real brilliant idea this morning when I saw Adam Schefter tweet that uh, Kareem Hunt was signing with the Browns. And then I opened up the old ESPN app, and, and old Ty Grant beat me to it. Just a step ahead, man strategery that's yeah, that's my move in, in the fantasy game we'll see my my little brother it's funny i uh, you know our, our league is you know it's whatever it's pretty casual um not a ton of stakes you know just it's bragging rights some some twitter banter whatnot um you and i talk about it my little brother went to army boot camp and he the one thing you know i thought he was he came over to be like you know man like i thought he was gonna come over to say like dude you know i'm gonna miss you you know, wish, you know, let's pray over you, that kind of thing. He came over to be like, hey, man, um, I need you to manage my fantasy football. League <laughs> and he like came over to like stress to me the importance that I manage his football, <laughs> his football league till like November 4th when he comes back. And I was just like, Taylor, what? Um, and, it, and it was like, yeah, man, it's, it's priorities, man. And, and he was like, don't trade with these guys, work with these guys. <laughs> He was like, this guy will try to, like, be your friend, but we're not actually friends in real life. So, like, don't, you know, whatever. I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm not gone. Like, they might figure it out. They might not. But just, like, be cool. <laughs> and it's, like, it's a it's a keeper league, and it is. It's interesting. My 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 parents were asking me about it, and they were like, oh, you know, who else is in the group? And so I started reading the team names, thinking that that would help. Oh, no. And I read one of them, and I was like, I actually don't know. I can't read the rest of these <laughs> to you guys. Because they got real aggressive, very very aggressive. A lot of a uh, lot of commentary about uh, Sean Watson. A lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can use your imagination on that. One. Yeah, you get know. in there. So, but yeah, that's what uh, that's what's going on on the fantasy front. Got in there, had a had an idea this morning, saw that in the news, and figured I'd do it. It also uh, was very sad and was on on my radar because I was the guy that drafted Nick Chubb. Yeah, so. you know that's. Uh... Did you see the Did you see the video of the injury? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a Steelers fan, man. I was watching live. That was gross. That was horrible. Just... His knee went completely sideways where a knee should not go. That was oof. 
That was ugly. Man, my fantasy team's doing great in our league, but, I mean, shoot, man. Chris McCaffrey touches a blade of grass wrong, and it just comes crumbling down. So I'm not getting cocky. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, anything, That's man. True. Anything could happen to that young man, and it's just my season's over. So I'm enjoying it while it lasts. That young lad. Dude, speaking of speaking of blades of grass, have you watched the documentary <laughs> um, uh, Wrexham or Welcome to Wrexham or whatever, the Ryan Reynolds thing? Uh-uh. Dude, it's kind of a cool. It's kind of a cool documentary. I've never even heard of this. What? What? Ryan Reynolds and that guy from It's Always Sunny bought Wrexham Football Club in Wales, and they own they own the soccer team, and they made a documentary about it. That's weird. It's kind of cool, but like one of the one of the episodes that I just watched was them talking about like grass theory and how like oh no you know turf obviously like destroys your knees and destroys your bodies and your players and the actual like value cost of it economically is like in the millions of dollars of liability and you don't want to do that and then talking about like short form versus long form grass and root theory and all this kind of stuff it was kind of fascinating they spent like three quarters of a million dollars like fixing the pitch oh my goodness and it was and they were like talking about like watering strategy to not blow out their <laughs> players knees and Dude, Ryan, I saw... you could you could see like Ryan Reynolds' face being like, <laughs> like I just wanted to like be cool and own a sports club, not not have like a conversation with this like Wales landscaper about yeah like theory. Just wanted so. the title, bro. Like that's right. it. Like owner right. of right. a franchise. That's it. I was in Deadpool. <laughs> Dude, freaking when Aaron Rodgers blew out his Achilles the other day in New York. The players and then the NFL players union too were pissed because apparently when uh the World Cup is coming to that stadium, they're they put in they put in real grass and then they go back to the turf for the NFL season. It's like why why would you do like what would possess you to make that decision? I mean, like, come on, like there's no more valuable sport on earth in the NFL, at least in North America. I mean, gosh. That's like that stadium's cash cow. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's real weird, dude. Wild. I. I mean, first of all, I felt. I. I always feel, ever. Every time someone talks about an Achilles injury, and I go on like a run or go play like softball or you know do some sort of pick up something or another, I'm always like, I can always like feel like a little twinge in my Achilles when I'm thinking about it, and I'm always like, dude, hang in there, guy. Like I need, I need you and the knees to hang in for another like 10, 15 years. I'd like to like still be able to play and run, but yeah, dude. The Achilles injuries are always just, they're just horrible. You're like, you're never really the same, you know, I don't know. Well, it's like a full calendar year to recover right. too. Like, it's not well, like yeah. if you hurt your knee, if you hurt your shoulder, it's like, it sucks, but in six months you're going to be okay. But like, yeah, man, Achilles, it's like a full, you're just like immobile. Dude, it's crazy. I tore my shoulder once and got shoulder surgery by uh, the surgeon for the Atlanta Braves. Bro, I feel like my left shoulder is like bionic now. Oh like, yeah, man! In, invincible. Like I, I could do things with my left shoulder, that my, and I'm right-handed. So it's like I kind of want to just be like, hey, can you, like, you know, just Iron Man me up on my right shoulder too? Because it's, yeah, man. you know, freaking. Let's get Tommy John too while we're at it. Maybe I'll get like kind of like uh, whatever that little kid movie was where he starts ripping it at like 95 miles an hour. <laughs> Who knows, man? In this economy. Hey, man, they found some good cadavers, you know, to you know maybe some professional athlete cadavers or something to. Uh infuse your shoulder with dude 100 percent, 100 percent. um yeah it will be interesting i think our generation is going to be 
the like generation where we really kind of push the limits on other types of organs and artificial organs. I saw something the other day that they had a successful, was it a, I think it was a kidney or a liver that they put into a brain dead cadaver and it lived for like a month or something like that. Really? And, and they were like, it was like the first time that they'd ever been able to successfully do that and sub it out. I mean, they do pig hearts and stuff for other parts of the body, but like right. really starting to get like kidneys going, livers going. I mean, you're, you're starting to get where a lot, a lot of things can kind of just be, you know, subbed out like an oil change, you know, it's going to be kind of crazy in 20 years. Man, the crazy thing too, I mean, there are going to be, I mean, even on like the cancer front, like I'm, I'm constantly reading stuff about how like, you know, 2030, 2032, like there's gonna be these big breakthroughs. <clears throat> One thing that sucks though, man, in our society, and I mean, across the West generally too, but like after COVID, the next time there's there is like a legitimately great like godsend of a medical breakthrough, like everybody's gonna call bullshit. <laughs> like nobody's gonna believe it. They're like, oh, it's Fauci all over again. You know what I mean? Like I think so many people are so pissed off by like the medical establishment that it's like a lot. I, I could see people dying because they just don't believe anything the government says. Like they rightfully now don't believe anything the government says. But it's like if if you know, scientists actually come up with something great. I, I fear that people are just not going to not gonna want anything to do with it. Well, dude, you're going to love this. So I, I was thinking about this this morning, actually. Um, there is, you know, I, I do a little bit of like the, the creative writing nonsense. Um, it's when I came up to Ohio. Um, I, was, I was near you, but um, unfortunately, I didn't have time to drive around and come see you because it was a quick trip. But either way. And I just had a baby, um, too, so I was, I was pretty preoccupied. Well, you know, whatever. You can make time. You, you can drive <laughs> out to go set your apples in the woods, bro. You can make time to hang out. <laughs> That's fair. But, uh, but, yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, now, you know, the literary journal magazines are very similar to, like, kind of the yearly cycle where, you know, you apply, send your stories in in, like, September or so. And then, like, basically a year and some change later, there's, like, kind of a tailing effect of when your stories were submitted versus when they actually show up in print. And so all the journals that I'm receiving now, it's interesting because a lot of them are reflecting a lot of, like, late COVID storytelling, which is interesting. So you have a lot of stories, like the one that I read this morning was a short story where a woman was essentially talking about, you know, how her husband was a photographer and blah, 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 blah. And he was basically kind of at the end of his life or whatever. And COVID hits and essentially kind of the, the climax of the story is he falls, goes to the hospital. She's doing a lot of introspection about this, but she's not able to go see him in the hospital in the Upper East Side because of all the, the shutdown protocols and whatnot. And it's so interesting, like guys like us hear that and we're like, at the time we were like, that's the most evil thing ever. But listening to kind of like those type of folks rationalize it and just be like, oh, you know, it's for our safety that I'm going to let my husband sit in the hospital by himself and die in the hospital because I want to just keep everybody safe. And it's so just fascinating watching people rationalize that and like the character in the story was like basically serving as a proxy for the author yeah and it just you're, you're just thinking like there is no one you know fortunately i didn't have any relatives that were this way during covid and i think my grandmother was at the very the very end of, of covid when she was in the hospital and i told my mom like just tell them to f off like just sit in there and if they tell you to leave because of covid protocol then just be like dude i'm not leaving i'm gonna sit right here like relax 
who's also fortunately in Alabama. Um, but I mean, just to think through like how close we are as a society to people being just totally able to like succumb to whatever the like big farmer or the government tells them is like an actual, you know, reasonably rational fear. People, people will literally leave their relatives to die alone. Oh like, yeah. That's, that is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long. That was a no, long thing. I was just no, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, we learned that this isn't the country we thought it was, and that Americans aren't the people we thought they were. I mean, that's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, man. But the vast, overwhelming majority of Americans do not want to be free. That's that's what I learned in 2020 and beyond. And that's, I don't know what we do about that. I don't have any answers. You know, <laughs> it sucks. You know, that's kind of all I've got. But yeah, man. I mean, you even hear like. I mean, people are still, you know, so willing to justify the tyranny that they they experience for years. I mean, three years in some parts of the country, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 very little of it. I'll I'll forgive or forget. Like people, you know, people don't understand. You know, you and I were talking about this earlier before, you know, that we started the actual the actual pod. But you know, I I've like I've made a good amount of money in my life. I've made like no money in my life, and I've like lived you know, very, like not even paycheck to paycheck, just like paycheck to putting things on a credit card and like thinking like, oh, down the road, I'll probably be able to pay this off. Like, which right. I, I think a lot of Americans are like that. And when you are able to establish what your time is worth to an item and say, this took me three hours to earn this item. Right. And to then have the government come in and say, actually, like your livelihood. Remember, there was a whole discourse about like essential people and what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shut down things and wouldn't let people you know, participate in particular behaviors or, or business strategies to try to keep their businesses afloat out of the fear of like what we know now to be, you know, not as serious as it, it was made to believe at the beginning. I mean, and be, and not be compensated for it in any way. Like, like we haven't even gotten to the bottom of like how much just absolute fraud existed in some of the government programs that were out there and how very little of it actually went to people that actually really, really needed it. We're running businesses that sustain the economy it's just, it's crazy. It's like, it would be very difficult to your point about if there's some sort of revolutionary type drug or interface or something, getting people on board just because of how much damage is done because of reporters are morons. Pharma is terrible at articulating different things or is nefarious with its intent and how much our government is willing to acquiesce to all three. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that, even the language around the the you know essential workers versus non-essential workers and stuff like that was so dystopian. I mean, it's like it's it's funny. And I don't know if annoyed the crap out of people by tweeting this a million times, but it's like when people are fear mongering over Russia or China or Iran or, or whatever the, the the foreign policy point of the day is. It's like, man, I just had a Republican president and a Democrat president both call me non-essential. I mean, like, I'm not worried sure. about Xi Jinping right now, man. <laughs> like, we have much bigger fish to fry domestically. I, I mean, it's like the fact that we have a government that got away with that. I mean, it never all these governors that locked down, they were all reelected to a man. Um, like even somebody like Gretchen Whitmer in, in, in Michigan won by 12 points, won re-election by 12 points, and she slaughtered 5,000 old people, you know, said you're not allowed to fish, you're not allowed to grow vegetables, you're not—I mean, just like an absolute— tyrant and like a cartoon version of an evil person and she won re-election by 12 points so it's like i i don't know i don't know what to think about that i don't know what to do about that but i know what we have to oppose you know and that's why it's like and you know me man i i'm, I'm all about 
foreign policy and, and, and stuff, but it's like I haven't even put a lot of time into thinking about the rest of the world because it's like, look at the government we have now. I mean, our government throughout COVID was just as bad as any of these governments that we that we criticize internationally, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I mean, to your point, first of all, as we discussed before, Gretchen Whitmer looks like a character I would cast in like a 1984 dystopian-esque type movie. I mean, dude, she looks like Elizabeth Banks as like the marketing person in Hunger Games. Yes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes. Like she would be the person that would market something like that. Let's, let's be honest. Let's not hide the ball about this. It's true. Um, But either way. And then like, secondly, yeah, I mean, once the American people for some reason have become wed to this idea that our leaders somehow and are like, you know, quote unquote experts, like this whole like expert thing that they're actually like not either bought and paid for or morons. And it's kind of like a weird thing that we used to say, you know, I'm going to kind of put the, like the thumb on the scale for like anything that feels like it presents more liberty, freedom, autonomy. That's like the right thing to do. And now people are more like, well, whatever, like, the powers that be, the experts, like, whatever the, the truth tellers say it is. But, like, the time and again, we've, we've shown that they're just not telling the truth. Or they don't know the full truth, but they will espouse something. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, it's a kind of a weird psychological change that we've gone through as a country in the past, like, 10 years. That is just, I'm worried is not repairable quickly. And I think the main reason the government gets away with it as well is because they do they have blindfolded the American people into thinking that everything is this like binary Democrat, Republican, red, blue thing. You know what I mean? So it's like people and this is kind of what I want to talk about today. Like Democrats have always been like this because they are like open, proud collectivists. But like we've entered a phase in the American political discourse where literally everything is created is is treated like a team sport. You know what I mean? And you saw this with COVID too. Like people would just praise like a Republican governor or a Democrat governor if they're a Republican or a Democrat. You know what I mean? You saw like with the vaccine. Everyone's like, oh, great, Trump created a vaccine. Everyone's like, I won't take that vaccine. And then Trump loses re-election. It's like, you better take the vaccine or we'll kill you. <laughs> we'll lock you in your house. And it's like people just pretend. They, they let the tyrants get away with whatever they want because they're just so programmed to view everything as red versus blue and i mean like i'm gonna use an example of something that really doesn't matter but like republicans are exactly like democrats in that regard nowadays and they'll defend anybody reflexively who they perceive to be on their side and we'll get to stuff we'll get back to stuff that matters in a minute but like with this whole thing with russell brand i think it's a really good example he was accused by like seven women of sexual assault or whatever and because he's like criticized democrats on the internet recently (laughs) Like every Republican is defending him without waiting a single solitary second to find out if it's like any of the allegations are true or not. Like, I don't, I have no idea. Like, maybe Russell Brand's a rapist. Maybe it's a hit job because he got on the wrong side of the left. I don't know, but we'll find out. But like, people can't shut up and wait so you don't end up looking like a giant douchebag. They just have to, they'll just reflexively, it's like, oh, this guy is like right wing, which I don't think he is, but like, they, Republicans will just reflexively defend anything. They'll defend Kanye West. They'll de- defend Russell Brandt. It's like, guys, it this isn't like this isn't Steelers versus Browns, man. Like this isn't like what what are we doing? Like there's no left, right, blue, red thing here. People are just so ingra- that's ingrained in people's minds. 
Oh yeah. No, I mean, uh, so I mean, the thing that I saw about the Russell Brand thing was that YouTube demonetized him immediately upon accusation, rather than any. Oh sort yeah, of, that that's you know, crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I think is you know pretty insane, but uh, I don't know, and it also seems like a weird policy because I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure like a, a good number of like very you know professional Democrats have been either accused of or found guilty of of rape in some degree capacity and are still you know monetized on youtube but that's neither here nor there i don't you know can't get into too much of that or you know a, a ton of ufc fighters you know can't get into oh, yeah. that that'd, yeah. that'd be that'd be crazy or we don't, we don't, don't talk we don't of, talk about a lot, that. Of, lot of lot of lot of nfl maybe half the nfl and nah, we don't talk about that yeah we, yeah, we can't talk about that we're, we're joking we're kidding i don't know Who, who's to say um but yeah i mean i i think that yeah i mean you're right i mean everybody wants to confirm their priors and that's like the modern american political think and you have to kind of i mean the same thing dude i saw this uh maybe it was the last time we talked with that that dude that had that one song the little country song where he's singing in the woods and it was kind of catchy yeah and like everybody like destroyed that guy (laughs) in like a matter of weeks you know the right picked him up and then the left was like oh he's an idiot and that then he like kind of was trying to waffle back and forth and he couldn't decide where he was and the american public's like no you got to when we make you a political thing, you have <laughs> yes. to you have to decide yes. that you, which yes. which team you're on. You you yeah. waffle, bro. You're nothing. <laughs> yeah. And he said he's a what's the guy's name? Uh, Oliver. I, Oliver Anthony. Anthony. Oliver Anthony. Like Anthony. He said he's like I'm not political. I'm not a Republican. I don't care about any of this stuff. I just hate like the elites and all this stuff. You know, like that's what he, he's like. I hate Trump. I hate Biden. You know, he's like, and people are still like can't compute they're like what well he clearly doesn't mean that because everybody has to be in this red versus blue war on twitter everyone you know is I mean? in the war it's like no not everyone is man it's like 10 percent of american voters are on twitter you know what oh, i mean yeah. it's like it's just not it's like the seventh most popular social media network in the country it's like it's just not real man it's not real and that that was yeah man people short-circuited over oliver anthony because they just didn't know like I don't know if you're if you're super plugged into politics, which since like 2015 everybody is for some reason. Yeah, man, like they can just it's it's a lot cleaner and neater and easier to fit everything into a red versus blue box. It really saves you a lot of time uh, that would have been spent actually thinking and reading <laughs> and contemplating and considering different opinions. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, we live in we live in crazy times. It's gonna be, and it's only gonna get worse too. I mean, like oh, there yeah. there's no incentive. I mean, the strategy for me, like I'll never be famous, but if I ever ever if it ever happened, the strategy should be, and what you ought to do, especially if you're a politician, is that you hire some like comms person who's like twenty like a twenty seven year old woman. You have them kind of handle your stuff, post stuff that intimates that you're not the one posting and interacting but that like you got a guy that's doing it for you and they give you like a little bit of feedback about what's working well but they do so in a way that just says hey we're gonna take a we're gonna take a photo in a different way or hey we're gonna like do something like a slightly different thing to kind of like have you kind of move with the with the populace a little bit but dude if you're sit if you're a famous person and you're sitting there or you're about to be a famous person you're sitting there just like doom scrolling on twitter and like reacting to what the idiots online think of you dude (laughs) like the thought of the thought of like caring for a split second about like what taylor lorenz thinks oh could you imagine could you imagine or like have you i mean you've met these reporter people in real life they're like 
the the dorkiest losers of losers. Like you wouldn't have even talk like there were people that were unpopular in high school and I would rather talk to those people than talk to a reporter. Like they're just they're just like these sad little like like little barnacles that just kind of glom on and you know they're and then, and like half the time they're like kind of creepy, you know what I mean? Like oh, they yeah. don't they don't like pick up a tab or things like that. They're just like they'll like grab a, like a beer and like run to the corner and you know what I mean? They're like they're, they're like that guy. You know what I'm saying? Do we ever figure so, out how old Taylor Lorenz is? I don't know. Dude, who knows? It's it's like the saddest. 50, 53? I just don't who understand knows? how she keeps getting paid. Like, who is, who, how? Like, how? Because, like, I mean, the writing's terrible. It's not, well, yeah, like, particularly well, cause, sophisticated. Because, I mean, they don't want to deal with a nagging woman online. I There's mean, a lot of those. There are, but, like, <laughs> you she, care? but she's just, like, so annoying that her bosses are like, I just don't want to deal with the headache. She has a really whiny speaking voice. I don't want to deal with it. I guess, man. I don't know. It just seems kind of crazy. Like, what could she do to the Washington Post? Nothing. Nothing. Like, all she does is lose the money. <laughs> I mean, my, my thought is, like, so here's the thing about, like, modern journalism, too. Like, and, and you know, I've talked about this as well. Like, you've got so many different means to get in front of people's eyeballs with quote-unquote news these days. Like, you know, if if you know, some famous person dies tomorrow and it's tweeted out as like quote unquote news. Like there's like the, if just posting it on Twitter, like that's gotten to people period. You don't need like, you don't need a, a 500 word article like you did in the past. You might a long form magazine. If it's like somebody that is really iconic and had like a lot of things that people might not necessarily have known about, you know, maybe you write like a little obituary or something for that. Like that might, might make sense. But like overarchingly news has like kind of a tiered layer to it that like, is so syndicated across all different platforms now that there's no real, like there's a handful of people that are doing the actual work of journalism, long form getting actual news that crosses some sort of cultural phenomenon or some sort of actual implication across our government. Right. The rest of the people are doing like, you know, AP reports that, you know, Gaza and Israel are going at it, you know, again in the strip. And then it's posted on like Washington Post, New York Times, New York Post. Like it's just boom, 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 boom. And everybody posts like the exact blurb from AP. And there's very few people that are actually doing the, hey, we did the deep digging about why it was that the Pentagon had an audit problem when it came to $500 million or whatever it was that was sent to Ukraine, you know, mistakenly. Here's what happened. Meet, you know, Nancy Drew who was our you know reporter on the ground who talked to second lieutenant blah 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 the whatever you know like that kind of thing like we just don't have any of those people anymore and so i just don't i don't know why like those people care about taylor lorenz who talks to like two 16 year olds about tiktok and writes out oh the the tiktokers like to dance here's 500 words like what do we need that for no one's reading that no one's reading that no no it's funny too like um a lot of, and this really sucks, and this has really happened in the last, like, year or two, but a lot of, like, the big shows that are, like, new media, you know, podcasts and, and YouTube and stuff like that, that in, in the political sphere that started as, you know, uh, you, you know, combating the corporate press in traditional media, they've kind of become just, like, establishment media. And I think it's like, I don't know if that just happens to everyone if they get big enough. I think like the only person that, that hasn't really gone that way is like somebody like Joe Rogan because he's not really political. But it's just like, I uh, I forget who it was. I, I don't really watch 
I don't consume like very much political content like hardly at all. I mean, it's just like if if major news breaks, like I'll like I'll listen to like the blue guy and the red guy and maybe a libertarian to get like all right, what's like the consensus opinion that everybody has? And I just make up my own mind about everything anyway. But like I, I don't spend a lot of time on you know listening to political content. But it's like I forget who it was. A, a buddy of mine was on um, Timcast, and I've talked about this before. Um, Tim Pool's show, and uh, I didn't like ever watched Tim Pool. Like I think I saw him on Rogan one time, but he was just like that show is just like Fox News. It's like the consensus, middle of the road, don't rock the boat, right wing talking points. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, this is like establishment. You know, it's like they they like it's it's exactly what like 4 p.m. on Fox News would be doing. You know what I mean? It's like they never criticize Trump. It's all like woke, bad, Trump, good, like, and it's just like really mud puddle depth. <laughs> you know, it's just not. It's it's nothing. They're not really providing anything. It's like, oh man, this is exactly what like the, the quote unquote mainstream media is. You know, it's it's kind of sad to seeing what was new media kind of become the establishment. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like money turns you into that or just like. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't really explain it, but it's it's weird. Like a lot of the people that were contra to to you know corporate the corporate press have just kind of become just like the people that they claim to hate. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, hundred percent. I mean, and this also could be like my you know more interest in like long form journalism and things like that. But like a Matt Labash type that went like fly fishing with Dick Cheney for like a couple of weeks right. and wrote ten thousand words about it is way more interesting to me to me than like dude i'm sorry like i mean this with as much respect as it doesn't deserve but so many like conservative writer people that are like oh i'm an opinion columnist as like a 25 year old for a whatever Mm -hmm. and they write these like 600 word screeds dude sometimes dude i would be banging these things out on the way into into work on the subway and and my thing was eons better than people that were like staff writers and I would be doing right. it for like a fraction of the cost. And I just think like the quality of what these people put out and churn and like the level of reporting that needs to take place, it, it needs to be worth the actual value of it. If these people want to be taken seriously, because you know, Tyler Grant sitting on the subway banging out like a hot take about what's in the news. And I get paid a thousand dollars for that is, you know, it, it doesn't justify the existence of someone who is not able to do that and is like considered a professional writer on staff and getting healthcare and all that stuff. Like it's just, it's gotta be better. And I just think when these people get in this weird game, all it does is incentivize them to do what they did during the Trump administration, which is to say like utter nonsense on camera to try to get like a book deal and be like, right. How I, how I spoke truth to power by, you know, Jim Acosta, Jim Acosta. Yeah. You know, shut up. Come on. Like you asked like a little question, like, you're not running around like in, you know, some other part of the world where like they actually do hunt journalists. Like, come on. So, whatever. I hate the uh, Pentagon, the Pentagon yesterday issued a, a dire warning to the American people. I don't know if you saw this, man. They said that if there's a government, because then, you know, the next week or so, it's going to be all, all the talks going to be about avoiding a government shutdown, this, that, and the other, all that stuff. So the Pentagon, the Pentagon issues a warning. That if there's a government shutdown, aid to Ukraine may be temporarily disrupted. And then what will happen? Look, I'm all in favor of government shutdowns. Actually, my favorite thing the government does is shut down. (laughs) But, dude, this is my thought. 
I bet, how much do you want to bet? The Democrats and, gov- and Republicans make some kind of deal that says if the government shuts down, Ukraine still gets all of our money. For sure. They'll, it's like, oh, it's the same as like Social Security. You know, can't, can't stop those checks to old people or Ukraine. <laughs> you know what I mean? How much do you want to bet? I'd put money on it. I mean, here, here's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. All I'm saying is that our resolve in Ukraine is fascinating in light of the Chinese advancement all over the world. And I just, there's something about it that feels very peculiar that if we had good reporters who could figure this out and spend the time to go through the documents and the, the distributions and understand how exactly and where exactly the money's going and its direct outcomes in Ukraine, I wonder if we would find out that there's some sort of weird other type of vested interest in this because if for the low low cost of like a billion dollars we've prevented russia you know a a top five you know gdp country from invading a country like next door to it like why didn't we spend like a fraction of that money like just solidifying our economic interest around the globe to prevent both russia and china from like taking strongholds in other countries, like all that is way more valuable to us than like the nonsense in Ukraine. In addition to the fact, and everybody that tries to tell me like the whole, well, China, China's looking at it and you know, they're, that's how they're going to measure our resolve. No, they're not. That's, that's not nothing. I mean, China, China is one, China's focused on Africa. That's one, two, China has an absolute population disaster. That's going to completely crush their economy in the next five years. I mean, their their economy their economy's trash anyway because they're a communist system. But like, I mean, they're looking down at a freight train <laughs> coming their way, man. I mean, they just don't have enough young people to pay for all this shit. Um, and if you think America's in trouble in terms of population and all that, they're 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 going to take it on the chin much much worse. It's also funny too, man. I was I was arguing with somebody on Twitter about this the other day. For these war hawks that, that just love war and they just, oh, we need to fight Russia and we got to, you know, like, whatever, sacrifice every man, woman, and child in Ukraine to make sure that we degrade Russia's military because that's what the founding fathers would have wanted. You know, like, whatever. These crazy people. It's like, Russia's had a year and a half and they've conquered, like, less than 20% of Ukraine. Shouldn't that be encouraging to the neoconservatives? Like, clearly, what I've learned from this year and a half long war in Russia is that they're not a threat to anyone. I mean, they're not Dude, a threat. Like, they're certainly exactly. not a threat to us, but they're not a threat. To, and people, and Mike Pence the other day, and, and Tim Scott, and some of these people are like, oh, if we don't beat, if Ukraine doesn't beat Russia, they're going to invade Poland next. Poland Stop. has five times the military oh Ukraine God. has. Ukraine, or Poland would destroy the Russian military. Most of Russians, uh, most Russian soldiers are conscripted. We all know that slave armies, at least in modern days, don't fight as well as, as volunteer armies. And they have this ridiculous, outdated communist system where they have, like, generals and colonels getting capped on the front lines because everything's so top-down. They don't trust their NCOs to do anything on the battlefield. It's like, guys, Poland or Germany or any of these countries would destroy this this outdated slave army that Russia has. It's like, guys, you can't—like, if Putin's this big, bad monster and Russia is the great bear that's going to conquer the world— doesn't the last year and a half completely disprove all of that fear mongering? Totally, totally disproves it. And they, they also they don't have the people or capacity to sustain that kind of war. Like they barely have enough to like hold the 
the small gains that they've made in Ukraine. It's not they're just it's just not a legitimate thing. And yeah, every time I see like the you know, we gotta we gotta do whatever we're doing and, and money and all this kind of stuff, dude. Zelensky, like the other day, announced, which is, you know, because he had to, because obviously it was so transparent to everybody else that it was just nonsense, that they're they're having to do all of this, like, graft and corruption investigations because a lot of the money's just gone missing. No way. <gasps> shocker. Shocker. Like, I mean, so, I, dude, it's just, it's not, it's non, it's nonsensical. I'm not saying that we do nothing, obviously, but I'm No, I'm we should absolutely like, do nothing. We should it's... absolutely, we should just be... <laughs> We should just take like a year, one calendar year as a country, and just be normal. Right. right. If I mean, Russia has been invading their neighbors every 20 years for a 1,000 years. Like, okay, that sucks if you live next to Russia, but th- can we just be a normal country? Can we just be normal? Can we just let the world be what it is, let the Middle East be the Middle East, let Russia be Russia? I mean, I, I don't know why we're shocked that Russia is doing Russian shit. This is, this is who they've been for centuries. And it's not our problem. It's absolutely not our problem. We should do abs- just just to see if we like it, just as an experiment. For a year, our government should just stop fighting wars. <laughs> just stop. Stop funding war. Just stop for a year. Just see how it turns out. My goodness. And the Ukrainians are holding an American journalist hostage, by the way, as we send them billions. Um, you said how, like, oh, man, I wish there was a reporter that, you know, could get to the bottom of, of some of this corruption. Well, somebody tried, and now he's in a jail cell. I mean, it's like... Our government is so invested in making sure this war drags on and nothing's going to change their minds. And Republicans are like, oh, that's why we need Trump. Trump will end the war. Well, one, Trump isn't going to win. Also, when at, when somebody finally asked him, I think it was last month, what his views are, what he would actually do about the war in Ukraine, he said exactly what Biden is doing. <laughs> he was like, well, I'll threaten Putin and I'll say, hey, if you don't knock it off, I'll send Zelensky a whole bunch of money. It's like that's the Biden administration's position. I mean, it's like, my goodness. I mean, these people. There's no one. There's no adult in ch- that could potentially be in charge. I mean, this thing's going to drag on for years, and tons of people will needlessly die. I mean, I just, I just don't. I, I think this is going to be the next Afghanistan, man. I don't know, dude. I, you know, people. This is a funny thing. I, I don't know if this comparison's like perfect, you know. Um, but I just think that the accountability that you know a lot of people say like trump you know you didn't get he's not getting any you know flack for um you know his poll numbers keep going up despite like getting you know all these indictments and whatever and i'm like yeah you know like whatever but also like biden's ratings amongst democrats didn't absolutely plummet when he gave up one of our more strategically situated u.s military bases and hundreds of millions of assets to the Chinese and to the Taliban like that happened in real time. And we lost 14 American service people because of a shoddy withdrawal and abandoned, like basically all of our like Afghan allies, in addition to many people on the ground that helped us and uh, just allow them just to get slaughtered by the Taliban and gave up one of our more strategic bases near Russia to China. So I don't know. I think about that all the time. Like it's just, that just happened. And the reporters were like, well, you know, it's uh, Trump. Trump started the process and, you know, Biden just had to finish the process and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a process. People, people process processes. It's like, I mean, Biden forgot. Sure. Biden forgot. Look, I'm no like military strategist or anything, but, I, you know, I've played video games a few times. So I know enough to uh, if you're going to evacuate an area, 
to evacuate the civilians first. I mean, what do I know? I mean, I'm just some jackass from Toledo, Ohio. But, you know, if I were going to evacuate a country, I'd be like, well, let's get the civilians out first and then get the soldiers out. But the Biden regime's like, no, no, no. I mean, that that's preposterous. Preposterous. Let's uh, drone bomb a bunch of kids for no reason because CNN said the president isn't acting tough enough. Biden's like, really? I'm not? How about seven kids under the age of 10? Liquefied. Here we go. Perfect. No accountability for that either. It's funny, man. Like, I I just read today that Ukraine is holding an American journalist hostage, and that's just, it's just the cherry on top of this whole war. I mean, it's like, there's nothing. There's nothing Ukraine can do. Like, it's... It doesn't matter how many Nazis are in the Ukrainian military. It doesn't matter that 99% of the money going over there is lining the oligarchs' pockets. It doesn't matter they kidnap and do Lord knows what to American journalists. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because it's not about Ukraine. Our government doesn't care if every man, woman, and child in Ukraine dies, Zelensky included. I mean, it's about money. It's about the military-industrial complex. It's about having a way to launder all this cash. Gosh, man. Oh, dude, I, I mean, your music in my ear. I mean, it didn't, uh, didn't Tucker report the other day that it was like, they were like arresting like priests and stuff because they were like sympathetic to Russia or something. They banned the, the Eastern Orthodox church, <laughs> the, the Russian Orthodox church. Yeah. They banned it. It's democracy, bro. It's, oh yeah. You gotta, <laughs> can we're you feel the democracy abroad or something. <laughs> Can you feel? Mark. Can you feel the democracy? Yeah. I can just feel. I can feel the democracy. Uh, banning the Orthodox Church, funding the Azov Battalion, arresting American citizens. I mean, in some ways, it, it's the most like. In some ways, it's like the most like Spartan form of America played out at large. When you really think about it, you have kind of a crazy leader who doesn't really know what's going on, embodiment of like all of our political apparatus, who enjoys the showmanship enjoys going out, getting his picture taken, going to France, doing some shopping, coming into America, wearing his little getup that's just like a nonsense getup, and, you know, getting a bunch of money, solidifying a bunch of donations for him and his, like, elite buddies. Some of it goes to actual propagating, like, some of the major corporations that are doing war in, in Ukraine. Some of it's not. Some of it's finding its way abroad, but a lot of it's lining people's pockets. Meanwhile, like, the average person's having their business, home, life destroyed, Many of them are being sent off to war. Religion's not really considered like a very serious thing anymore, so that's being put on the back burner. I don't know. Who's to say? It seems uh, quite quite analogous, actually, to supporting kind of the status quo that we do. I thought this was a joke for like a month. I thought this was like just a funny like right-wing Twitter account. Legitimately thought this was... <laughs> thought it was I thought it was too on the nose to be true. But my brother, it is. The English language spokesman for the Ukrainian military is an American tranny. Have you seen this? Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Google it. It's a, it's a transgender person from America? Oh, yeah, yeah. A man pretending to be a woman, an American man pretending to be a woman, is the English language spokesman for the Ukrainian armed forces. That is 2023 20, in a nutshell, man. <laughs> What's is that? Is the person Ukrainian? Uh, sounds pretty damn American to me in a tranny kind of way. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it's too else. much. It's too much. I can't. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Ukraine. Man. Hmm. Okay. Well. Is there a way that both sides can lose a war? Good I golly. Mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I 
I don't know. At this point, it, it feels it feels like both sides are losing. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely losing, and you you know, Russia is definitely losing and destroying their country, and they will. Well, I mean, obviously, they've come back from from a lot worse, but you know, they will uh, they will definitely feel this one on the chin for several generations. So I, I don't know. I, it's kind of surprising to me that he hasn't been kind of knocked off because the average Russian's got to be like, dude, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, the average Russian is conscripted and dying on the front lines for no reason. That's another thing, too, man. Like, like, okay, like, I understand on a basic strategic level, if, like, if you if your brain is stuck in 1975 and, like, you still think that, like, the Russians are, like, the big bad Soviet bear who's going to conquer the planet with communism or whatever, like, if you're still convinced of that, and, like, only remember what Reagan said in 1980 and not, like, anything in the later 80s. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Mm. But, if, if, but if that's who you are, I can understand the whole, like, we need to degrade Russia's military. But it's like, man, both sides, both of these armies are conscripted. It's like 70% of both armies are, are literal slaves. It's like, I just don't. And, like, you see guys at, in National Review and, and these, these right-wingers who are pro-war, they're just, like, celebrating like Russian casualty numbers and stuff like that. And it's like, guys, these are slaves killing slaves in a conflict that has nothing to do with us. What are you, like, what what has to happen to turn you into the kind of person that celebrates stuff like that? Like, it's such a sick, freakish, ugly phenomenon that happened. And it's like, but it's not even, it, it's, it's not even our country at war. You know what I mean? It's not like bragging about, like, the Taliban or Al-Qaeda's, casualty numbers after 9-11. I mean, this is this has nothing to do with us. It's a Russian slave army fighting a basically Russian slave army. And it's like, I don't know, it, it's just such a, a sick, freakish position that these people are taking celebrating, like, you know, when casualty numbers come out. It, it's so bizarre, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems it seems very strange. And I, I just can't imagine the resolve on both sides is, is enough to, like, let this carry on for too much longer. I mean, at a certain point, you're going to run out of, you know, people. To conscript. Well, they're so. not going to run out of American taxpayer dollars, so no, I don't know. I mean, the Ukrainians are incentivized to keep this going indefinitely. Dude, the more that the more that things like this have gone on and COVID's gone on, we we need like a major overhaul of the constitutional system as it relates to these people on the take in Washington. I am I have never been more convinced of age limits and term limits than I have been in the past like two years. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And I'm ready for it yesterday. It has to start with getting rid of, I mean, things like the FBI and the CIA and, and organizations like that that spread the propaganda. I mean, without the propaganda wing of the government, Americans don't get on board with sending Ukraine half a trillion dollars or whatever, whatever we've sent them. You know, it has, it has to start with taking down the federal government's ability to propagandize the American people. But nobody's even suggesting that i mean there's no you know that's that's not really in the realm of possibility unfortunately yeah 100 percent. i know you got to go my brother thanks for doing this man we'll do it again soon um tyler's kind of incognito on twitter but if you can find him go follow him uh that's all i got for today i'm brady leonard i'll be back on monday no gimmicks (laughs) 